The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. Oh, Tom, I'm pumped for the show today. We have one of the toughest SOBs to ever put on the Islander jersey. Oh, an Islander. We have Mick Vakoda. Buddy, how you doing there? You know, you, know, you know what's funny? We never played together. It's like we're brothers, though, too. I think a lot of guys are like that, right? We don't know each other, but we are, we do kind of know each other. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and you look great. It's oh, like, thank you. It's like you work out occasionally or something. Oh, geez. Don't tell him. Mick, don't tell him that, please. Oh, His God. head's already big enough. Well, Mick, I didn't realize we could work out before when I was playing in the National Hockey League. So now I realized I could do it. So. Yeah, no, oh, I, they had all those weights and ex- exercise equipment just for show sitting in the bathroom. <laughs> I thought we supposed to towel rack. I thought that's what it was. Yeah, well, they shouldn't have put the beer cooler between that oh, and the exercise God. room, and I might have tried it. No kidding. Isn't that the one thing? For me, I don't know how you were. The one thing I didn't anticipate when I came to the NHL was the amount of beer that we were going to drink. That was uh, that was yeah. a performance yeah, for many years. So, no, it's it, not anymore. I know it's changed now. Yeah, yeah. I got a tour of uh, – you were just – Northwell, uh, the practice facility a couple of years ago, and and after practice, I'm like, you have a chef? Oh, I know, yeah. And they're eating sushi. I know. I go, well, when do the guys go out for a pop and wings and and a burger? Oh, yeah, that's no nobody does that anymore. I know. I remember, isn't it funny? I remember when Kelly Miller and Mike Ridley first came to the Rangers. We went out in the city, and they started ordering a glass of milk after the game, and we were outraged. We're like, what? And really, seriously, we we're mad. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're drinking beer. No, it changed. And I mean, I, you, you listen to guys talk, uh, you know, and, and maybe some of the changes are better. You know, these guys are taking better care of themselves and, and making better decisions, but man, I miss having fun and, and sitting down after practice yeah. and eating some wings and chugging a beer or two and, and just building, building those friendships that once right. you leave that, I think that's what everybody says they miss. And that, that's right. And that is the part that people don't see. They say, well, geez, that drinking beer must have been good for you. Well, we, you know, we kind of live by that code. Listen, you went out last night. I was with you. You better come to the rink the next day and work as hard as you can. So, yeah, we did get pretty close by hanging out together. Yeah, yeah for sure. So uh, where'd you grow up? Where's your home? So uh, born in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Um, grew up uh, playing youth hockey there. And then at 16, um I had no options. Midget, right? I oh. played AAA midget, really, com- you know, there are two teams in Saskatoon, very competitive. And then I was like, all right, my mom had an application for, for the uh, the meatpacking plant in Saskatoon where she worked for 32 years. And she says, "I, you know, you start Friday, fill out that. And I was like, 
what about school? She goes, no, no, on the weekends you start. And then that way, when you finish school, you, you, you'll get right in full time. Right. I'm like, and then my buddy showed up and said, Hey, I got an invitation for you to the North Balford North stars tier two junior eight. And I opened it up and it said, dear Bill crossed out (laughs) and Mike. And I'm like, I'm going like the slaughterhouse will be there forever. I'm going with my buddy. And we roll up to North Balford, 16 years old, first scrimmage training camp. The coach is Jeep George. He's got a a megaphone from the gondola up top saying, I don't know what you effers think you're going to do here, but I plan on having the toughest team in the SAJHL. And, you know, so they they don't, no drills, go right to the bench. And uh, we're sitting there and the puck drops fight. And you move down the bench and the puck drops fight. And I'm like, Jesus, I think I think we're up next. And I'm like, now, now had you fought before, Mick? Did you beat a fighter? Oh, no, I triple A midget, you, yeah. you know, you, you right. I was physical, like I would finish my hits, right? You know, I'll go to the net, drive hard, like all that stuff. I've never fought right. midget, right? And I got oh, I did bar fight or yeah. street fight, obviously. Yeah. I, had, right. I had some background, but not on the ice, right. And they literally, I went out there and the biggest kid came out, no chin strap, a red Jofa. He looked like he was 30. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, I wonder who's going to get in a fight this shift. (laughs) Looking around and he's just staring at me, Lades. Like he's not facing the the face off. He's just staring at me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to get out of here. He grabs me, snatches me back and then just beats the living, like, pounds right. me to the ice. Right. And there's no penalties. You just go back to the bench. Right. I look at my buddy. I'm like, Jesus, what the hell did we get ourselves into? Right. He goes, I know. And I'm watching as the lines go, oh, no. We're going to go back out. There has been no hockey played right. for 12 shifts now. Oh, that's funny. And I go, you know what? I get out there. He comes up, and he stands over me. And he's looking at me, not looking at the face off. And I don't know why. I've never done this before. Right. I just said, no, no, no more. I'm done. I suckered him before the puck oh. dropped. Oh, did you? Nice. Dropped him, got on his chest. I think I was crying and and spitting at the same time, just whacking his face. And then they pulled me off right. and, and they called the scrimmage. And they're like, that's enough. We've seen enough. And then that kid was going up and down the hallway screaming, I'm waiting. Oh, I'm man. waiting. Oh, I, I'm going to leave the locker room till he left the building. The trainers were like, I think he left. But just oh. in case, go out the back door. Oh, that's funny. No. That's and funny. the next day he got arrested and he never came back. I never oh, came really? Back. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. So yeah. you made the team then? That team? Yeah. So I made the team. I, I made preseason. We went to Swift Current. You remember Patty Janelle? Do you ever yeah, hear sure. Yeah. sure. Yeah, he's legendary. So he took over the Swift Current Broncos. We didn't have the internet or social media. So all we kept hearing is how three preseason games, they'd had three brawls that Patty had loaded up. And we're busting from North Balford to Swift Current. And the the coach goes, listen, your job is to take care of the captain. Captain's like five foot six, 170 pounds, but he happens to be the leading scorer. He goes, so you're on his line. I'm like, no problem. Uh, So I go out there. First shift, the captain spears the guy in the stomach off the face-off. Guy punches him. I run in. I bumble him up. We go to the box. 
penalty box guy in Swift Current goes, are you the new guy? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm supposed to take care of him. He goes, well, good luck, because he had 227 penalty minutes last year. Oh, is that right? So he's like Keith Acton. Oh, okay. Right? He, he's that guy. Right. I'm like, all right, whatever. He said, "Take keep an eye on the captain. Take care of the captain. Come out, play a couple shifts. Next time, a little scrum in front of the net. Somebody punches him. I grab the guy. Kicked out of the game. Brawl. I'm in the locker room. I hear the crowd in Swift Current. And I look out. I open the door. I close the door. I open the door, I, I, the captain, the coach, and two guys are in the stands. <laughs> and all I hear is you got to take care of the captain. Oh, God. Dude, I go out with my like shoulder pads, everything off, just pants and, and skates, hop the glass. Half the guys on the bench are just like, what? What? Hop the glass, go up to the, some fan that's trying to pull my little captain down the aisle, Right. Smash him, grab my cap. I'm like, are you good? He's like, son of a gun. Thank you. <laughs> like, Let's go. And RCMP came and on the bus ride back to North Belford, I'm in the, you know, the rookies sit up front, the vets at the back. Right. Yeah. He calls me back, hands me a beer, 16 years old. He's like, uh, you did great out there. I'm wow. like, oh, I guess. I mean, this is insane, right? <laughs> and I see the coach walking down the aisle. And the captain grabs the beer out of my hands, and he goes, uh, what number you want, 12 or 17? Oh, wow. And that's wow. how I made my – and then that's that's when it click lays. Like, I'm yeah. like, I'm not good enough, but I can add some stuff to the, right. you know, hocus pocus. Sure. But you were a pretty good player too, though, Mick, at the NHL level. It's like you played the game. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think you know it, it's so much different now. You have yeah. to be yeah. right. You have to. Yeah. Um, not I. I I think my ice time was dictated by the circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, my best. Se- I had a couple seasons with no goals. Oh, did you join the yeah. club? Join the club. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're playing defense, and you know you were smothering guys in front of the net. <laughs> Cross checking guys. You mean. Yeah. Well, hey, that's you're in front of you're in his house. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's true too. So, okay. Yeah. So you, that was, that was North Battleford where you protected the captain. Yeah. Yeah. I was 16. Right. And then where'd I you go called, from there? Yeah. So I got called up that year for three games with the Winnipeg Warriors oh, okay. who, who, who were at WHL and I had a goal assist and uh, two fights. I got beat up by the smallest guy in the Western hockey league, which probably got me sent back to North Battleford, which was a blessing. Cause I got to play hockey Yeah, in North Battleford. I, I, I was on a, like a, a third line, like I played regular, and I was, you know, getting better. Right. Following year, I went to uh, Kelowna for a tryout. Same thing, just they wanted tough guys. Right. And, and I wouldn't say I was, you know, the best fighter, obviously. But uh, for me, it was um, amount, not quality. Yeah. I fought every, I fought every day sure. till, till I got in the lineup. Now, a lot and, of guys, Mick, when they look back at the career, say they didn't like the fighting, but they did it because they had to. Is that your case? Or did you enjoy it? Um, well, I, I loved I loved being a part of a team. Right. So I'm an only child. Okay. Th- those are my siblings. Right. Um, being, you know, probably grew up a little uh, self-conscious, oh. uh, anxiety, you know, not being welcomed or felt it. I'll tell you a quick story. When I was like eight years old, and my parents, I, I swear my dad did this intentional. They're... they're Serbian back then it was called Yugoslavia. My dad insisted that I play the accordion, and to, to do that, I had to take the accordion box, walk to the bus, 
get on the bus, go to my music lessons, take the bus home, walk home. The kids in the neighborhood couldn't wait to see me walk into the bus. Like I was that kid. With your short Oh, my God. Worst brush cut, short flood pants. I get to the bus stop, and the neighborhood hoodlums come around the corner, and they're going to take the accordion. And I mean, at that young age, I realized, like, I got to make a choice, right? Bring the accordion home, or my dad's going to destroy me. Not like he beat me or anything, but it's just I knew he bought me the accordion. Sure. So I thought I didn't, I got home, I dragged that thing home, and I learned a valuable lesson. If you fight for what you want, yeah. sometimes you get it. Yeah, good. Nice. And, and, and it literally was that simplistic for me that nice. not I wasn't tough like a big guy. or but I just, if you really care, other people are going to see that. That's cool. And then they stay away from me after that too, right? They don't come near you anymore. No, they're like, he's nuts. Yeah. The accordion yeah, so. playing gook is, you know, goofball. He's nuts. I, I wish we had a video of that. You oh my God. You should have seen this, the hair on my neck when I heard him coming around the corner. I was like, no, 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 no. And then. Well, do you still play yeah. the accordion? I still have that accordion downstairs. <laughs> you seriously, you have it? I can't play a lick of it. Oh God! We gotta get you on. We gotta get you on. Trying to play the. Accordion. Oh my God! I think if I would have studied and played, I could have been in John Cougar Mellencamp or all go. these bands where they have accordion players. Yep. I mean, yeah, you and Glenn Healy with the he had the bike bagpipes. Oh, the heels. Yeah, I know. That's funny. That's funny. Okay, so then you get finally get called up to Winnipeg or Kelowna. Where'd you play your? Yeah, your Winnipeg, match? and then I, I made Kelowna. Winnipeg sent me back to in North Balford. Kelowna next year I made it, and then Kelowna moved to Spokane the following year. Yeah. Um. And then I, you know, I w- undrafted. Right. And uh, I went in uh, 19. Bob Strum was oh, my yeah. general. Yeah. Strum, Strummer, you know, he loves his fighters and oh, yeah. he loves to cause the shit so you can clean yep. it up. Yep. And sure. he was really good at that. And tiny, uh, tiny little guy, too, right? Little guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Strummer got me. So this is how it all started. Like Strummer got me uh, a tryout with the Washington Capitals. Oh. Uh, as a 19-year-old, undrafted. I was back in Saskatoon. I worked at a nightclub uh, bouncing, working the door, that Joey Kosher used to work when he was in junior. And he comes in, like, close to last call, and he's at the bar, and I'm like, I got a free agent tryout uh, uh, to the Capitals. And I'm like, I got to ask Kosh. Like, I don't know him, but I, I think yeah. he knows, like, I know him kind of, that I play junior. Right. So I walk up and I'm like, Coco, I, I, I don't know if you can help me out, but uh, I'm going to camp. Any advice? He goes, oh, man, you got drafted? That's awesome. I go, no, no, I didn't get drafted. I'm going on a free agent tryout. He goes, oh. I'm like, any advice? He goes, well, first of all, they don't know your name. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you're like number 79 on a 79 79- man camp roster right so you gotta get them to say your name oh oh what do you think i should do he goes well you go in there and you're gonna fight dwight schofield right and i'm like oh oh is he is he pretty tough he goes oh he's gonna kill you (laughs) well why 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 would i do that he goes because when you lose you're gonna go back and fight him again and you fight him again. If you don't beat him in the on the ice, you jump him in the hallway, fight him in the shower, fight him in the parking lot till they say your name. Wow. That's I'm like, cool. 
I'm like, so this is last call. Like, I, I, I'm sure Joey doesn't remember this at all. Right, right. Like, it was that type of. Okay. But I was like, the Bible. All right. All summer. That's all. I'm in the gym. I'm just thinking Dwight Schofield. Like, I got to find him. I get to camp. The rookies go early, get their equipment, get set up, and then they the bus back to the hotel. And then the veterans start coming in, you know, in their own personal cars. And I'm like, I got to find this guy. So I don't go on the bus. I stay at the rink. And I kind of just sitting there, like, drinking water out of the water fountain and you know, thumb funneling, walking around, and in comes Bobby Carpenter, Rod Langway, wow. um, everybody, one by one. But right. I can't see this Dwight Schofield guy. Right. And this Monte Carlo SS454 literally comes sliding through the parking lot sideways, drives right up to the front and parks in a handicap spot. <laughs> and I look at the plate, and it says, Sconan. <laughs> I'm like, what's going? This oh. guy gets out in gym shorts and flip flops, no okay. shirt, and there's veins popping out of his neck, like no neck, but just ripped, right. pimples everywhere. I'm oh. like, oh, you gotta be no, no. He, Joey wouldn't do that to me. Oh, Nobody would do that. Why would you tell me to do that? I watch him walk in. I'm like, that. that is a man. Veins everywhere. I go, I'm, I'm effed. I'm screwed. So I go back to the hotel. I'm like, how, how do I get? I, I can't. I can't get out of this. So I don't play him for a couple scrimmages. And then the first scrimmage I play him, I go up to him. And I, I nudge him. And I go, yeah, we're going to go. Oh. And he goes, stop it. <laughs> I got better things to do than, oh, you know, beat yeah. the crap out of you. Right. And I go, I, I respect that. However, if you don't, I'm going to run your goalie right now. Oh. And he looks at me, he goes, you effing punk. And I go, yep. So he drops the gloves and beats the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> you do what you're told. Yeah. As coach said, and I was oh. like, all right, all right, this is, there's got to be a better way at this, you know? Right. So the, the practice breaks up. Uh, I don't, I don't jump them. I don't do anything else. Coach recommended, but we had a rookie preseason game against the New Jersey devils. You know, those pre those rookie yeah. games yep. are like in the afternoon, usually at a practice facility. Sure. And it was, I didn't plan it. It just happened. Kid from New Jersey um, came across the red line and grabbed the puck and warm up. I'm like, here we go. I grabbed the puck from their line and I took a shot on their goal in warm up. <laughs> Brawl. No coaches, refs, nobody on the ice. Everybody's brawling. Right. They finally break it up. They send us to the locker room. Brian Murray comes in. He goes, Jesus Christ. What <laughs> the the list. And I was like, just sit there. And everybody points at me. Oh. And, I, and he goes, what, what? I go, well, that kid came over and took a puck from our side of warm-up. Jesus, what? Are you from the Western League? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's how he sounded, too. <laughs> yeah. And, and he goes, um, what's your name? And I go, go, Mick Fakoda. Mick Fakoda? And I just felt like the Wizard yeah. of Oz or any other movie. He said my name. Brian Murray said my name. That's good. I felt like I'd, you know, he, they'll said. So I stuck around. <laughs> All through camp, um, and they sent me to bingo with, um, oh, you know, he, he was a coach of Hartford, super good guy. 
Anyways, they kept me. They sent me to Hartford. I played preseason. I got beat up every fight in preseason. No, you didn't really. Andy Ristow, there's this guy down there that's six six. They pulled out of a lumber mill, <laughs> and and literally held me up against the glass. And I was like, you can you can drop me anytime. Like I'm oh, done. And he broke my nose, both eyes black, and I went back to junior as an overage. Right. And the guys were like, oh my god. Like, wh- where did you go? I, uh, it's called the American Hockey League. Uh, Apparently, there's some assassins out there just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, so I went back, uh, played that overage year. And then uh, I don't know if you ever heard of a guy, Jerry Tex Eman. He was a head scout for the New York Islanders. Yeah, it doesn't sound familiar at all. He's, yeah. from, he's from Saskatchewan. Right. He scouted me as an overage. And I had 25 goals and... 280 minutes. Right. And they, uh, at the end of the year, Bob Strum goes, Philadelphia and the Islanders are offering you a three way contract. I'm sure, ladies, you you remember yeah. those. Yeah. Sure. Well, what the, can the you show? So a three way is uh, the NHL deal, let's say 150 grand. The American League maybe is 30 grand. And then the East Coast League would be you know, 15 grand or something like that. So, Got yeah. yeah. So mine was 85, 25, and 15. There you go. Signing bonus, too, or no? No boat. Oh, no yeah, boat. yeah. Oh, $12,000 sign. Oh, there you go. That's a big time back there. I bought a ski boat for $12,000. <laughs> I figured $500 for gas. Uh, and then I got the check, and it was seven grand because oh, of tax. I didn't know about taxes. <laughs> I had to borrow four grand from my dad to, to get the boat out of this. Oh, it was insane. That's I went funny. to camp owing my family, my, my parents' oh, money. That's funny. Yeah. So when we were signing, I kept telling Strummer, like, contact Washington. I think it was, uh, uh, Poil, David Poil, me yep. at the time. And he was like, well, they're not offering you anything. I know, but they gave me a chance. Right. Right. So just like, I don't know how you do it, but tell them that I have two contracts. Sure. If they match either one, I'll go to them. I'll play for them because they gave me a chance when nobody gave me a chance. Sure. Yeah. And Poil was like, yeah, we don't believe he has these offers. We're uh-huh. not interested. Oh. Uh-huh. So, so you, did, you didn't have an agent at the time, right? No. And that's no, the, probably Strummer a little bit because he wasn't really – people didn't trust him too much, I think. That no. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah. But he had a hook with Philly. Right. And then I think he, for whatever reason, he, he was able to to get me that three-year deal, huh? uh, three-way, with the Isles. And I literally chose the Islanders. Oh. They were this exact same deal because Philadelphia had Dave Brown, sure. Daryl Stanley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Everybody Craig else Ruby, Craig yeah. Baruby, talking there too. Was talking there too. Yeah, TikTok yeah. was there. Yeah, no, yeah. I, you're looking at like no. Yeah. Sure. And the Islanders had Brian Curran and Dale Henry. Right. What year was that then? Who? What year was that? That would be eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I went to Isle. I uh, went to Isles camp and uh, just was so happy to make the American League. Yeah. Like, because I, I, you know. We got to the Springfield, and um, I just – we had a really tough American yeah. League team, sure. and we and we fought every night. I don't know if you've ever seen the video of the uh, the brawl against Springfield versus Fredericton. No. But it was uh, – our captain was Bruce Boudreau. Oh. <laughs> like, I've never seen a hockey player look like fucking Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> Still snag, snag thirty goals. Oh, that's like, funny. Uh, that's funny. Huh? Yeah, 
Uh-huh. I mean, he, he literally, like, I was like, what? You play hot? I thought it was the trainer. I was like, <laughs> and then I had to room with him. Oh, that's funny. Which was even better. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow. Well, hold on. Give us some Bruce, can you give us some stories about rooming with Bruce Boudreaux? Well, the only thing, yeah, I mean, some would probably get him in trouble, but the only one I'll tell you is he brought one suit. <laughs> He's one of those. I didn't know he was like that. Yeah. There's a, there's a few one guys suit like that. And yeah. a shaving kit for a three day road trip to oh, like, I'm like, guy. Oh. Oh, um, but he was good he was very good to me and uh, all all fairness and and right. I, you know i i was playing professional hockey the yeah. only i learned so you know i i'd never made money like that it was fifteen hundred dollars a check every two weeks yeah. and i lived with rod dolman and todd mccullen the yeah. coach yeah. the three of us from saskatchewan shared paul fenton Oh, it was in LA. We right. shared, yeah, Paul's. We rented Paul's house, and um, it was $333 a month for everything. Wow. Utilities, but your groceries, everything. Right. I'm getting $1,500 every two weeks. Yeah. So I'm going to this restaurant called Mardi Gras, which is a strip bar, and <laughs> I've always got minimum 200 in my pocket. Like, oh my um, that's, yeah. the richest, that's the richest I've ever sure. been. Sure. At that time. And one of my teammates, Dale Henry, says to me after like two months, he goes, uh, hey, uh, how long do you think we make this money for? And I go, well, I don't know about you, but I've got a three-year contract. No, he goes, dumbass. <laughs> how long throughout the year? I go, well, we get paid every two weeks all year for three years. Again, no, for six months. Right. And I just, my face went white. I was like, I think I have like $80 in my bank account after three months. Like, I'm like, Ugh. he goes, yeah, you need to bring dial it back. Right. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. 
That's all one word, broom gate. So then I got called up. Um, who's, your first, who was your first game against? Yeah, Hartford. Oh, did you get to fight that oh. game? Yeah, so we got back from New Haven. And I probably crushed six or eight beers from New Haven to Springy, which is 45 minutes <laughs> an hour. Because we had no game the next day. Right. We were all going out to the keg, like in Springy. It was a night out. Right. And my parents were in town. Um, they were staying at, at our house. And uh, we get off the bus, and the trainer pulls my bag aside and says, Gordo wants to talk to you. And I was like, ah, I'm going down? Because I never, ever thought I was ever going up. Oh. I, know, I, I fought this kid, Johnny English. I thought I did good. I, I We won. Um, and Gordy Lane, you know, Gordo. Yeah, sure. So Gordo explains to me that, um, I got called up and I need to be at Har at the Sheridan in Hartford at, at 10 AM, um, for the pregame skate. Right. And I was like, Jesus, I wanted to go drinking with the boys yeah. <laughs> and then maybe just go right to Hartford. And guys are like, you are going home right now. Right. Get some rest. And, uh, and I did, and I went and told my parents and my dad told me to stop drinking because one day I would make it. Oh, <laughs> I oh, stood okay. over him and I was like, dad, you and mom are coming to Hartford tomorrow to watch me play. And he goes, Sonny, Sonny, go bed. <laughs> you didn't believe it? He didn't believe me. Oh, so I had funny. to tell Todd McCullen, can you please help my parents get to Hartford tomorrow? I'll leave tickets at will call, uh, which they did. And so, I get in there. I play third line in springy. Uh -huh. So I'm assuming I'm going to do, you know, third, fourth. And and on the board, Terry Simpson was the head yeah, coach. Sure. Yep. And on the board, it's uh, Greg Gilbert, left wing, Brent Sutter, center, and me on the right. Starting. Wow. I'm like, oh, that's some, some, oh, I've never been nervous. And now I'm just starting to get like, oh, my God, I whatever. But I'm almost Lades too dumb to let the reality sure, sure. set in. Yeah, that's a good thing about it. Yeah. Which is probably a good yeah, thing. Totally. And I was just like, well, fuck it. If I'm out here, I'm going to go do it. I got to go do it. Right. So we get out there, do warm up. Um, I think Brent Sutter says, whatever you do, don't shoot over uh, Smitty's pads. He, he'll snap. <laughs> he, even in warm up, like you can't, you have to hit him in the pillows, nothing over his pillows. Right. I'm like, dude, if I could control my shot like that, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'd be scoring more than three goals a year. Like, <laughs> it gets away on you. He goes, don't let it get away on you. <laughs> and I was like, I think I was just like passing it to his pads. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wasn't taking the risk. Right. And uh, it's 2 2. I'm playing regular shift in the second, second period. It's 2 2. And um, they have last change, and Tiger Williams hops off the bench and lines up next to me. Oh, late! I could tell you my brain, like if you could put it on a screen, right. there would just be blurs everywhere. All I'm thinking about is my whole life. All my friends back home with those big, huge satellite dishes in their backyard. Right. I'm mixed. I'm gonna fight Dave Tiger Williams. Oh, that's good. I'm like, oh my god, I am. I I won't even look at him. And he's giving me a nudge and he's chirping and he's like, hey kid, you want to go? And I'm, I just nod and I go, hmm? And he goes, all right, that puck drops, let's go. I, I just stare. I swear the linesman flinched 
and I sold it all. Stick gloves gone. Turn around. So is Tiger. <laughs> They're in our end. I'm picking up my glove. Oh, that's funny. By the penalty box. Right. No stick. As I'm coming back to our end, Tiger scores, take a 3 Oh, oh, oh no. So I go back to the bench, and I'm like, I'm like I don't want to look at Terry Simpson, but I, you know, you can feel those eyes going through sure. the side of you. And I just sit down. And I didn't get another shift. Oh, and, uh, and we and we tied it, and it was a three-three tie. But I never saw the ice again. And after the game, they're loading up the bus to go back to to Long Island, and uh, my bag just keeps. They walk right by it. <laughs> I, well, they probably didn't see it, so I push it in the middle, and they walk around it. Oh, Simso comes up to me. Terry goes, uh, "Listen, what you've been doing in the minors is what's going to get you here one day. So keep doing it." But don't ever effing do something that stupid again. <laughs> I was like, yes, sir. So I went back to Springy, got there the next morning, Lades. Gordy Lane is our coach again. Right. He walks up to me in the locker room before practice, and he says, uh, you and I are going to fight after practice. Oh. Gordy's pretty tough, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm like, what, what, why would we? Why would I fight? Mike? I love Gordo. Like, why would I fight you? Sure. He goes, don't ask, just we'll fight. So I'm like, all right, maybe he's just playing some mind game, get me to be able to concentrate with that in the back of my brain and, you know, get through a, a mental toughness drill. I don't know. Practice ends. I go down, take shots with the guys, and well, Gordo comes out now with uh, shin pads, socks, pants, elbow pads, no helmet, obviously, and he waiting at me. I'm like, uh-uh. And the guys are like, you better go down there. And I'm like, I'm not fighting my effing coach, dude. Like this, what is, I go down there and he goes, uh, let's go. And I'm like, Gordo, I'm not fighting you. I mean, I, I respect you. I'm not, he, he says, shut up, drop your gloves. Now, just, just to interrupt a little bit too, Gordo and defense him, he's a great guy, but he's got a, re a really bad stuttering problem too. So I can imagine how that's coming out when he's in that yeah. Which I learned very early. You don't help or correct. You yeah. Because that's when he snaps. Yeah. So you just sit there and be patient. Pretend right. it's not happening. Right. Like someone's not poking you in the eye. You just sit. Mm -hmm. So I know that that's what he's doing. And then I'm like, you know what? Maybe he looks mad and serious. Yeah. So I think I'll just drop my gloves and wrestle. Right. I'm not going to throw a punch at my coach. Right. And I dropped my gloves and I swear I saw like a small smirk. He took his stick. Stuck it through my sternum. I swear to God, it came out the back of my <laughs> my spine. I dropped to the ground, couldn't breathe. And he looked at me and he goes, don't ever drop your stick first. Oh, yeah. I was like, you, you, I go, you couldn't tell me that? <laughs> no, but now you'll remember. Yeah, and he skated off the ice. And it's all because I threw my yard sale with oh, Tiger right. that he was teaching me. A value, you know, in his mind uh, or opinion. <laughs> but yeah, that was a whirlwind first year, man. I was right. insane. So when did you finally get up to the NHL and stay there? So I got called up at the playoffs that okay. year. So okay. I got sent down, and then they called me up. Uh, not the playoffs, that the roster move deadline. Sure. Sure. They sent their first round pick, Brad Delgarno. Oh sure, who's really a, a good good player, but he wasn't it. He he wasn't playing physical. Enough for them, anyways. Right. And uh, he went down, and I came up. 
And then after that, I just, uh, yeah. yeah. You're how many years did you get in the Island? 10. Well, you had 10 years there. Well, that's a good career there. Just to that place alone. Right. Yeah. For a, you scored that first year. Do you remember the first goal? I do. It was on a, you know, it's a, in Hartford, like the second time around. And it was, uh, is it Steve Weeks? Oh yeah. My old uh, college teammate. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it was Weeksy. Yeah. I, I went down the right wall, just crossed the blue line and took a slap shot. And I swear it went in the middle of the net and they pulled him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I felt that made it three, nothing. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you played with Gerald Diddick there too, right? I played with Diddy. Yeah. So he was in, so we had an alumni game in Dallas about a month ago. Uh, and uh, Craig Legdewood and I we were talking about you too. He was saying what good friends you guys have become. But uh, Gerald Diddick, uh, is he allergic to bee stings? I don't know. Ooh, he, got stung, he got stung by a few of them, man. He's swollen up. <laughs> he's a big man. Oh, he's a big kid now? Yeah, he's a big boy. <laughs> you know, I could see that. That, that, oh. that doesn't surprise me. He was funny. We were in the locker room before the game, and uh, so I've got the camera or my phone. And I'm waiting for him to take a shirt off, and I'm pretending I'm going to take a picture of him with the shirt off. He says, "Don't take a picture of me. <laughs> you get up at three o'clock in the morning. You've got your own brand. Don't take a picture of me." Big uh, bully. Oh, he's funny though. He uh, <clears throat> so I guess he was asking Ludwig. I guess he's done this before. So he got uh, totally dressed up his underwear on, kind of pulled his <clears throat> underwear up like it was a sumo wrestler, and started going around the locker room. And he's this big man, and he's bouncing around like a big monkey or something. It was oh, funny. I know. He's a good Did man. He was, Did he was tough, right? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Definitely. Well, yeah. He came yeah. out of that. He came out of that Dave Brown. Yep. Uh, that that era, the, Joe Kosher. Those yeah. guys were Bob Rouse. Yeah. Those guys were all punchers. Like, what's What's the best fight you've ever gotten in for you that helped that went well for you? Uh, well, I don't like it, but I knocked out LC Cord. Oh wow! And I, I of, it, of all the guys I've ever fought, that's the last guy I would want to. Why, why do you say that? He's a good guy. I, he was in the Dallas too. Yeah, he's uh, well, my father is one of my dad's favorite players. Oh, sorry. So the message light was on in the hotel when I got back. Oh. And all I heard was, how could you? Oh, exactly. You know, like, you realize the, alter- you know, the alternative is him knocking me out right. or beating the crap. Up. And my dad, I, I don't understand. He goes, I just, how could you? That's LC court. <laughs> and I was like that. I, I, I don't know. Right. But I, I did. That's the only guy I think I've ever dropped, dropped. Right. Yeah, I see you fight um, kosher. You fought kosher a few times too. I see those fights. Okay. Yeah, so I think my thing with Saskatoon was, uh, well, Dave Brown beat me every single time. Oh, really? Like I would try. I tried. Like I'm like I'll grab his left because I can throw left. I was like yeah. I'll grab his left. You know, all guys have the like Twister has those yeah. uh, big baggy sleeves. Yeah. 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 Brownie had Saran wrap sleeves. Oh, is that right? Like you'd go to grab it and you had nothing to grab. Oh, okay. Meanwhile, he's already discharging ammo, yeah. and you're reaching, and it's just like, you right. know, it, it, it's insane. Right. Uh, so what's the, worst, what's the worst fight that you ever had? He's got beat the worst. So the the uh, the only time I had been dropped oh. um, was in a, a very valuable lesson that first year in the minors. Kind of, I, I was just you go through the you know the pregame sheet and you see which guys have pims. Yeah. Um, and there was a kid in Baltimore that was like six five, Armstrong, something like that. And I was like, all right, so I'm gonna fight him. I'm gonna fight the biggest guy because right. again, nothing to lose. And so I I cut him, he went for stitches, and they didn't have anybody on the roster. And this I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but I Googled him and he's legit. He he's got a beard 
He looks like he's got a windwell or like the old round helmet. Right. And he comes up to the face off. And I'm now I'm just being cocky. Right now, I'm not. I'm not. I'm overstepping. I'm stepping on sticks. I'm pushing skates. And uh, he looks at me and he goes, uh, "Don't f around. I'm gonna knock you on your ass." And I looked at him like, "What are you like? Five, ten, seventy years old?" <laughs> he goes, "Yep, keep it up." And so I do. I keep it up. I give him a little nudge, and off the face off, he drops the puck, and he goes, "Okay, let's go." But late, he rolled his sleeve up. Oh. I was like. Oh, I've never seen that move, <laughs> except my old man. Oh, is that right? Yeah, my dad would roll his sleeve up when something was going to happen. Sure. So I, I got cocky, and I lunged at him, right. and he threw like a Jack Dempsey straight down the middle, right on the chin. Really? And I just sat down. I was <laughs> wide awake. I look at our bench, and my goalie's like, wow. The backup goalie is like, right. oh, I went after him in the locker room after the game. Back <laughs> really? Don't ever wow me. When I, he's like, dude, calm down. Yeah. But yeah, I, I used to keep a journal right. in the minors. Which guy threw left? Like, which guy liked to tie up? Which guy, you know? And I wrote, don't underestimate anybody in oh, Capitals. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that it really helped. Like, sure. I mean, it, you don't, because you well, never know. Who was it? Who, what was his name? Dean DeFazio. Dean DeFazio. Wow. Did he get called up to Pittsburgh? Was he ever in Pittsburgh? So, yeah, he played, I don't know, maybe a handful of games with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ah, okay. And he was a lifetime skipjack. Yes. Okay. Uh, Baltimore skipjack. Yeah. And that's where I fought him, in Baltimore. Oh, wow. But it, I, nobody, nobody said anything. I didn't know anything. And right. to this day, I swear to God, that was like, that was the lesson. Right. How many fights did you get? Did you keep track of them? No, no. I, I mean, I, I think in the show, maybe 1,800 minutes. Correct. Um, I don't know, over 200. Right. But the, you know what was you, you never take into account? Like training camp. Yeah, yeah. Those, those were zoo, yeah. Those training camps back then, they were uh, doing bigger puck out the ice, yeah. Yeah, like that That first or second training camp I had, Bobby Nystrom uh, coached the rookie game. Right. Rangers, Islanders. Rangers had Mark Tenority, Rudy Postcheck, right. right. um, Jamie Jimmy Lattice. Was the Island there then, or is he, no? no Nux was, and Nux wouldn't play in the rookie game. We're That's all right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, all like all these kids out of not just Western Canada, but but mostly uh, the the junior hockey in Canada. Right. And then the Islanders had myself, Wendell's brother, Kerry Clark, uh, Rod Dalman, uh, just every Todd Ewan. Uh, not Todd you um, Todd you and passed his brother um Dean Ewan right. sorry Dean you and his brother all the all these kids that fought and uh we played that rookie game Bobby and I was coaching and there was fight after fight oh, after yeah. and Bobby and I was just smiling oh <laughs> right and then we got in for the first intermission and I remember Nye walking in and he goes boys. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. Oh. Unfortunately, scouts and upper ups would like to see if any of you have hockey ability. <laughs> so I'm going to say, if you have to defend a teammate or defend yourself, fine. But we're not going to see any more fun. You got to show your game. Okay. See what you guys can do. Sure. And we were all like, oh. but he was so happy. That yeah. first period was literally, you know, That's funny. crazy. 
That's He's one story. of my all-time favorite people. Yeah, I got to know him a little bit. Him and Clark Gillies, uh, unfortunately, lost, yeah. lost Clark. But, yeah, good guys, too. Like, tough guys, man. They were both, like, just they knew how to intimidate. They were tough. They could play the game. Yeah, they were good. So, you got 10 years with the Islanders. Did you play any place else? Yeah. So, well, Mike Milbury uh, came into the picture. Right. And that um, – and I, I probably was getting – I don't want to say complacent. But I played for Terry Simpson for a year, who who was very demanding and disciplined. And then I played for Al. Right. And Al Arbor, if you ever looked over your shoulder to, like, say something to appease him or whatever, you probably – you'd never find you again. Oh. Right? He was all about – he won as a coach. He won as a player. And he wanted you to experience that success. Sure. And I feel like Al's way was – you play for each other, and that's the moment. That's the feeling of success, winning together, sacrifice, commitment, all those details that are unselfish. Yeah. And after that, that's not what Mike brought. Mike brought an ego. Yeah. He brought, you know, he brought in a, a intimidation um, and Honestly, he was so good to me. He played, he liked, he liked me. He played me. He liked the way I played. He, you know, I mean, one of his statements, which in hindsight is kind of an insult, is after a period in Philadelphia, he goes, you know, I just want to say Mick McCode is the best player on the ice tonight. But if he's our best player, oh. you're screwed. Which is a fact. Yeah, but the I way mean, yeah, I, he was one, I, I, to me. To me, he's one of the most disrespected men in the game ever. I have no use for that man whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so I I'd never seen that right? right. And we had a lot of young guys, and I always gravitated to goalies and young guys mm-hmm. because the young guys I wanted to protect, and for whatever reason, the goalies and I were both you know mentally off. Yeah, we thought we looked at things differently. There you go. That's the best way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and the way he was treating play the younger players, I'd never seen before. Yeah. Like I'd never seen somebody say to a player, "Don't let me down." Oh, I know. Right? Never. Yeah. It's don't let the kids, you know, the guys next to you, your yeah. teammates. Yeah. That's it. That's it's interesting. That's the difference, right? Al Arbor and the success he had compared to Mike Milbury and the way they approached the game, right? Yeah. Yeah, so for me, it was a tough transition. So that year, um, I mean, I think I was with Mike for two years or whatever, but uh, I, I I screwed up on a road trip and demoed a hotel room and oh. chased Mike down the hallway and, and oh, left, you? Left, oh, yeah, left him oh. no option but to send me down. Oh Wait, can you back up a little bit, Mick, and take us yeah. through that, exactly what happened there? So we were in Detroit. Uh, we lost three to one, and we were headed to the airport for our charter flight home and we got fogged in and uh, I go out every night. I mean, I, I go to dinner, we go to drinks we, after the game. Uh, I don't sit in the hotel un- unless, you know, I just like to go out. And uh, once the flight was canceled, we got, we got a hotel room out by the airport, like a holiday and express. And uh, Mike stood up and said, nobody goes out tonight. You know, stay in this hotel. We have a 7 a.m. 7 flight, and you guys suck. You don't deserve to go out. 
And a few of the younger guys sitting at the back were like, F this, let's go. And I go, you know what? Not for nothing, whether I like him or not, he makes the decisions and we have to abide. So we, I called my, I called the front desk, ordered a bunch of cases of beer up to my room. And I said, let's just cut the cards. We'll play cards for a few hours and go to bed and we'll be out of here tomorrow. And I lost $3,000 in 20 minutes. So I'm out of the game because I'm on a budget and I start crushing cans. And as I start crushing cans, um, I'm a little loud, a little rambunctious and security comes up. And when security comes up, I tell the guy, well, if you come back again, you need to bring like three or four guys. <laughs> and so he leaves. And when the next knock on the door, it's Mike. Disheveled. He's been woken up. He's not happy. Looks right by me and names every other player in the room and goes, you are all suspended indefinitely. And I try to apologize. And I'm like, Mike, they've got nothing to do. This was all me. I'm sorry. He goes, no, you're fine. Oh. You're fine. These guys are suspended. And if you know anything about me, like hurting my teammates is probably the biggest kick you can give me. Sure. Especially for something I did. And I followed him down the hallway and I was pleading with him, pleading with him. And he got in the elevator and I stopped the doors and I looked at him and he goes, don't do it. And I go, I let the doors close. Um, I don't regret it because I don't think that was appropriate. But part of me wishes I just jumped in the elevator with him. Sure. And let the doors close. But, I mean, I, you know, at the end of the day, it was insubordinate on my part. And it yeah. was disrespectful to the organization. Yeah. And I put these other guys in a situation, which I didn't want to do. So, but... Yeah, I mean, he sent me to the minors. I went down. I had a great year. Butch Goring was my coach yeah, in Utah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my first game, we had a two-on-one, and I dumped the puck and changed. And when I got to the bench, Butch, he goes, uh, Nikki, I know you've been up there a while, and you haven't been playing much hockey, but uh, down here we call that a scoring opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> oh. and, uh, Butch was great to me late. Yeah. So he put me on the – First unit power play, front of the net. I think I probably scored 20, 22 goals maybe wow. down. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I had a great experience with Butchie. So, so then I was going to get buried in the minors. Mike, so I had another year on my contract. And Mike wasn't even going to let me come to camp. Wow. So he was going to send me straight to the minors. And then uh, Hockey Fate looked out. A uh, bunch of – Ken Belanger, Paul Cruz, all his tough guys got hurt oh. before camp. Right. <clears throat> and so um, Rick Bonus was the assistant coach. Bones called me and said, listen, if we bring you to camp, can you do the right thing? And I go, yeah. I mean, I, I haven't been drinking. I haven't been, I mean, I'll have a beer or wine, but I haven't been going out. I haven't, I've been training for the end of my career. Like, I'm in the best shape of my life. And he goes, we'll give you a shot. I went in. I, I beat Stu Grimson in Carolina. And I beat Rudy up, post-check, up in uh, Tampa. And somebody else. And Tampa claimed me off waivers. Oh. 
they left me unprotected. But when I got to lead lays, like I got to lead practice. Right. Uh, I got a stick tap from the boys. Oh, that's cool. You know what I mean? That's cool. So it wasn't the shame that I felt the year before sure. when I was a complete idiot. And well, you, again, made, you made a mistake. You made a mistake. Right. I don't even think it was that bad of a mistake, but yeah. Okay. Well, you know what I think about now is like, I think about that organization and, yeah. and the, the way the owners treat the players and the sure. alum now. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I owe them an apology. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that maybe not Mike, but definitely like the people that have invested in this, in sure. this organization, uh, sure. you know. So that was it then in Tampa. You, did you finish a year there? <laughs> so Tampa, I played for three coaches in three months. Oh. Um, Terry Crisp, right? Uh, interim coach uh, Patterson, and then uh, Jacques Demers comes oh, in. Jacques came in, oh. Okay? So late. So we're not a very good team. But I'm playing every night, and I'm fighting when I'm supposed to fight. And I also had my Harley Davidson in Tampa. Oh. But I would never ride it to practice. You know, c- c- you, when Jacques was there. So we went one, one, and one. We won a game, tied a game, lost the game. I waited till we won a game. And then I asked Coach Patterson, could you check with Coach Demers? Does he mind if I ride my motorcycle to practice? Right. And he comes in in his uh, white long johns and, and socks pulled up to his knees. <laughs> and he big he struts in and he goes, where's Mickey Vakoda? And I'm like. And he goes, Mickey, you want to ride your motor scooter to practice? <laughs> and I'm like, well, coach, I, I don't have to. He goes, no, Mickey, you ride your motor scooter. But Robbie Zaminer, he cannot ride your motor scooter. He named like the top six. Oh. They cannot ride your motor scooter. But you, you can ride your motor scooter. <laughs> and he walked out. And I was like, oh. motor scooter. <laughs> I know. That's and funny. so, Chris, th- that year was in a, uh, that year was a 97. I was an all-star, uh, maybe an Olympic break, and we get a, I get a phone call, my wife and I in Tampa, and it goes, uh, Mickey, Jacques Demers. And I'm like, hello? And he goes, uh, you've been traded to the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, that's right, yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's one of the guys. So I hung up. Ring, answer again. <laughs> Mickey Lakota, do not hang up on me. This is Jacques Demers. And I'm like, Coach, what's up? He goes, you've been traded to the Montreal Canadiens. And I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah, me, Patrick Poulin, and Igor, Igor Ulanoff right. for Stefan Richet, Jason Cullimore, and Darcy Tucker. Oh, wow. Huge, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. I'm like, all right. So get everything packed. We go to Air Canada and Tampa, first class seats. It's still the break. And I sit with Patrick Poulin, and I'm like, Bacardi and Coke? He goes, no, guy, you don't understand where we're going. I'm like, it's all break. He goes, yeah, no, there's going to be cameras, media. He was right. Oh, wow. You get off that. Plus, uh, Stefan Richet left. You know what I mean? So that's a big deal. deal. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I played uh, 20, maybe half a season for, for Tampa. And then half a season for Montreal. And then that was it. Oh, that was it. So what made you quit then? Just no more options or? Yeah, no. So I went, uh, I I kept her going in Utah, uh, playing for the Grizzlies in in the American Hockey League and thinking that I get myself up. And then in a fight, 
I had this individual that I really didn't like and I dropped him and he was going down and I thought I should just hold him up a little longer for one more dirty one. Right. And I heard a pop and I just sat down and I broke my pelvis. Oh wow! I pulled the groin, like instead of the groin tearing, oh. the groin attached to the bone yeah. broke off. Oh God. Oh. And uh, so when I got off the ice, the tra- the trainer and the team doctor, they're like, oh, it's definitely a hernia. And I'm like, okay, well, we just, you know, they run you to the hospital, make sure it's not ruptured or anything. Right. And I get there in Utah, obviously Sunday is a no-go day. That's right. right? They all go to the, yeah. to the church and it's Saturday night. And the guy's telling me, he goes, listen, you got a hernia. I'm going to give you some morphine. We're going to push it back in. And then Monday, we'll go in there and put some mesh. Oh, God. And I'm like, okay. So I'm sitting there, and he goes to poke that pocket, and I folded. Like, a, like I grabbed him and pulled him in. Right. And I said, whatever you did, do never, don't do that again, please. <laughs> and then he goes, fine, we'll do surgery tonight. And the next morning, the uh, next day, I woke up and and I had all these stockings, cauterized stockings on my legs. And oh. the girl's like, well, you had an interesting evening. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, they went to fix your hernia and discovered that you broke your pelvis. Oh, wow. And I, I, so that pocket right. wasn't a, a intestine. It was a pocket of blood from where the bone was oh. off. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I should have retired. But I think your ego. Oh, yeah. Right. Yep. So I came back and I played, and it was never the same. And and the scar tissue. Oh. Every now and then you would do something in a skating drill or or in the game, and you would feel like you tore it again. Oof. But it was really just scar tissue. But didn't feel like it was worth it. Right. And so that that was the end. Oh. That's when I decided, like, I'm not going to pay play for seventy five thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. I'll go work at the Dukes County Sheriff's Office for forty. <laughs> I'll show them. Is that what you did? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And what are yeah, you doing? Now? What are you doing now then? So now I'm in waste management. I manage the a company on the vineyard that we we tra- Martha's Vineyard, Mass, right. where we transport all of our stuff off island. Oh, okay. And so I arrange the whether it's construction, recycling, everything that gets okay. shipped off. Because we don't have a landfill or, sure. or a compost facility, so sure. I do that. Very cool. Well, you know, Mick, you and I, we, we know each other, but uh, I haven't really sat with you for an hour and had you told stories before. You're quite the storyteller. Good job here today. Yeah, you got a lot to edit. <laughs> no, just going to leave it like that. <laughs> no, we got plenty. We just, we just want some accordion playing, and then we'll get Oh, yeah, we got to get you on with the accordion. That's right, too. We got to get that. Yeah, well, I Mick, think- listen, I, I mean this as a compliment. We've had some great guests on, both their, their stories they're telling now and, and their path to the National Hockey League, how you just wouldn't quit. Uh, you're certainly one of those guys. You're a ton, ton of character. Uh, and again, what I really loved about you what, when I saw you play and when you talk now about how important it is for you to take care of your teammates and how, how much that meant to you. So good job. I appreciate that, Lates. I think, you know, that that's you're taught that, right? Yeah. I, th- I think I wasn't obviously the first, but it, it's a special bond yeah. to be able to take care of your, you know, your buds. Yeah, definitely. Great to see you again. Thanks for doing this. Hey, Mick, do you still hate the Rangers? <laughs> He's got his Islander jacket. Hat on. I got my Isles hat on, but I, yeah. you know what? I don't. And I saw, I was at the alumni game last. We were supposed to go to the alumni game this year, yeah. 50th anniversary. That's right. And my, I have an eight year old, Lates. Right. And he got COVID. Oh. Or he tested positive at school. 
And I was like, I can't. You got Jigs McDonald. I got all these other guys there. I'm not going to jump. So I didn't go. But the year before, Heels is like, hey, come in this box. I want to meet. I met Ty. I'd never met Ty Domi before. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I hated him when we played. Right. But I love Ty. Like the one thing he did was everything he said he was going to do. Yeah. He didn't back up from anybody. Yeah. He ran his mouth, but he backed it up. Funny, if you see Ty Domi, he's got this little body on him. He's he's you know, he's built, but he's got this big block head. Like I, I would never want to fight him. Bigger than yours. Yeah, bigger, it's than, bigger yours? than mine. Like wow. compared to the body. Yeah. No, yeah. ladies, I'm telling you, I stopped in the middle of a fight because my hand hurt. I that never happened ever. I, I like literally, I was like, oh my god. And I think you'll hear that from everybody that's ever smashed the top of his head. So this this it's is a literally bad, this is a bad joke. It's terrible. But if you switch around the letters of Ty Domi's name, you get me idiot. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. I just hope he didn't see me laugh. I know, I know, I know. I know. He's a good guy. No, he's a great guy. Well, great to see you again. Thanks very much for doing this, Mick. Lance, thanks for having me. I appreciate right, it, bud. Thanks, right, Mick. Good to see you again. Thanks, Tommy. Tom, our, our, our listeners are going to love that one. What what great stories he had. Great storytelling. Uh, Mick Makota, I've known him a little bit. I didn't know he was a storyteller like that. That was one of the funniest hours we've had uh, with him on the show. He was fantastic. Yeah, he was absolutely great. Love it. we got to get him on again. We, we, you know, yeah. get, get some more stories because he was awesome. Got to get him playing that accordion, too. That'd be fun. That, that would be a home run. Absolutely. Great show. All right, Grasshoppers. Thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.